Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second season of For the Love of Books podcast featuring Indian small press authors with host author Emma Polova. I would like to thank our sponsors, Doc Chavant and the Lowell Ledger, our hometown newspaper in Lowell, Michigan. Together, we've been bringing you stories for more than 120 years. Today, I will be chatting with author Lisa Jakubski, who will announce the details of her book giveaway of Let's Talk at the end of the interview. Lisa Jakubski is an award-winning author of the Let's Talk series. She has been working in the field of applied behavior analysis for almost nine years and currently is a professor of psychology at Union College in New Jersey. Hello, Lisa. How are you? I am good. How are you? Good. Great to have you on the show. Can you give us a brief summary of your Let's Talk series? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. This series is about autism and friendship. It's about showing autism in a more positive view. Each book is a different activity that's near and dear to me, and it's to show families their child is not limited. They can do it too. And it's also to show children that are neurotypical, there's nothing wrong with a friend that's different and to encourage them to start that conversation with their families. If we can help our children be more open to little ones with autism, they're going to grow up to be those adults who are more open. And then we're going to have a lot less bullying. We're going to get rid of that negative stigma. We're going to have so much more positivity. So that's really um, what this series is about showing. Okay, and what inspired you to write this series up and this particular book number three, right? We're going to be talking about your book three. Absolutely. I was inspired to write this series by an old client that I worked with. Her mom had come home one day and said that, you know, she had trouble at the park. She was playing with a little friend who's neurotypical who was having trouble helping her understand how to go on the swings. And I've always wanted to be an author. (laughs) So kind of, yeah, I've wanted to be an author since I was seven. So inspiration just randomly hit. And I thought, you know, this is a great way to showcase my experience in the field because I worked with adults in group homes and took them everywhere. And I thought this would be great to show families something different, something more positive, spark that conversation. And when I was working early intervention, kind of show these families that if their child needed to get assessed, it wasn't a bad thing or the end of the Mm -hmm. world. And book three is called Let's Talk Learning to Bowl. In this book, it's set in the time of the pandemic and they have to wear a mask. And Emma, who has autism, has a lot of difficulty with that because she has sensory processing disorder. So each book shows a different social issue. And I wanted to focus on the process, sensory processing disorder, because so many families don't know what that is and think their child is just being naughty and they're not, they're most likely having an issue with one of their senses. Um, so I wanted to put that into this book to show families that a lot of children have these issues and just aren't diagnosed or are not diagnosed with autism. And they have a sensory issue anyways. It happens a lot more than people think. And I chose bowling because I love to bowl. I grew up bowling. (laughs) So I thought that'd be something really fun for all the friends to do. Um, There's a little Mm -hmm. bit of a lesson in there too for the bowling coach who learns about autism. But it Mm -hmm. really focuses on wearing a mask and 
I think it's a great way to show how difficult this really was during the pandemic and still is for little ones that live in places where they still have to wear a mask as well. How can a parent tell when the child needs to be assessed? What are some of the signs, you know, for a parent? Absolutely. There's definitely signs. Some are going to be more obvious than others. Um, You know, if there's issues with speech, a child is going to imitate what's modeled for them more than they are giving a response at an appropriate age, which is usually around two. Between two and three, they should be responding a lot better. Also, they're not uh, increasing the amount of words they have. They're also going to have difficulty with looking in the eye. We call it joint attention. They may Mm -hmm. look away a lot or not be able to hold Mm -hmm. any type of eye contact. That's another very significant sign. Also focus. And it's hard to tell sometimes when they're younger. Um, Sometimes focus can be hard when they're around two, three. But typically if a child is having issues with focus, they're fidgeting a ton, they're looking all over the place, they're getting up and walking away, uh, they're not able to sit. They're just, they like to walk around. Those are some very large signs that something underlying could be going on. Um, There's also signs of sensory processing. You know, a child might tantrum because they want to hold something. Mm -hmm. uh, Children need some kind of texture in their hand in order to focus. Mm -hmm. Or if there's a really loud sound and a child covers their ears and or runs away in tantrums, they might have a sensory issue where they can't take loud sounds. I have a lot of, uh, I had a lot of clients when I was working in early intervention that needed sensory input. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times they just need pressure using a weighted backpack, weighted blanket, gentle squeezes. Um, I had a little one that would come around my back and hug me because he just wanted to feel that pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, these are just some things that families can look for with their child and they're not tantruming because, you know, they're naughty or anything like that. Mm -hmm. They just need some kind of sensory input. So those are just some things that families can look out for, and then they can try some different strategies. You can look things up. There's no exact sensory processing treatment, Mm -hmm. but there are little ways that they can help out with getting that input or decreasing contact with input. And then they're going to notice a big difference in tantrums. All right. What were your goals when you set out to write this whole series? Did you know right from the get-go it was going to be a series? No. Or- <laughs> That's a great question. No. <laughs> I wrote to me. <laughs> yeah, that is such a great question. Um, I wrote it and I was like, oh, wow, I did that. Let's see what happens. And mm-hmm. I just continued to get inspired after I wrote it. And I was like, all right, I can actually make this into a series. I can do this. Um, and it's kind of grown and snowballed from there. I've got a lot more coming. Um, but I just, I, I wrote the book in a way it could be a series or a solo book. And I really did that because I really didn't know where I was going with it. Um, uh-huh. My goal was to really change And it still is to change that negative connotation around autism. I want families to not limit their child that has autism. And I want families to encourage their child to go on play dates and befriend that little one with autism. Um, And I've seen those changes happen from people reading my books. It's honestly been incredible. It's been a total blessing. 
Um, but you know, that's really been my goal. And I'm honestly just really thankful. I was able to come up with more ideas and be inspired and make it into a series. Sure. That is awesome. When did you start working on book number one in the series? It's called Let's Talk, right? It's called Let's Talk, a story of autism and friendship. And I started working on it in 2018. I actually wrote it um, just in my notes on my break at work. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. then I went home and put all together in a weekend. Um, Oh, nice. Yeah, each one's been a little different when it comes Mm -hmm. to that. But yeah, wrote in 2018 and I was finally able to publish it in 2020. All right. How long did it take you to write each one of these? Oh, all different. <laughs> all different. Right? Yeah. The first one was a couple days. Book uh-huh. two was spread over probably six months. Okay. Um, I wrote the majority of it and then I went back and completely changed it. And then I finished it finally. Um, book three was probably like two or three months. Um, okay. I sat down, wrote a couple pages, then I finished it completely. Uh, and I actually, I changed, completely changed my idea for that too, because this idea was actually going to be in book five. And then I completely changed it. Uh, the fourth one took a little longer. That probably took like seven, eight months, just like on and off. Mm-hmm. Uh, five was pretty quick. I knew what I wanted to do. I probably wrote that one in a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't take very long. And the sixth book is about 75% done. And I've been working on that on and off since last fall so that's mm-hmm. almost there almost some of the six yeah. books <laughs> it's getting there and we're talking about which book from this series so uh, that would be this, so there's gonna be six books uh-huh. and book three just came out book four okay. comes out in november all right um, and then it'll be book five and book six so also oh, you have it all scheduled out yeah i do <laughs> so nifty. one a year with let's talk and uh-huh. um book four is about the holidays so that's why it's coming out in november just in time for sure. holiday season it's gonna be sure. really fun each one's very different <laughs> Okay, what were some of the challenges in writing book number three? Let's talk about your book number three. Oh, honestly, biggest challenge was coming up with the topic of what I wanted to do. I originally wanted to do with this where there was a teenager who's coaching who just didn't care. Like Emma was like, whatever, I want to do what I want to do. And the the coach just kind of gave up you know, and got frustrated. So I have a little bit of that in there, but I focus a lot more on that in a different book. So that was my original idea. And then I completely switched it to the pandemic. Uh-huh. Oh, sure. So that was, well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So figuring out like the social issue, you know, figuring out what exactly felt right. That was the biggest challenge. But um, other than that, it, it was super easy. It's just, super I don't force easy. myself. Yeah, so it's just whenever the inspiration comes, I sit down and I write. All right. What do you feel you did right? Absolutely right. No one else could have done it like you. Oh, I think I kind of have that coming soon. (laughs) It's so funny you asked that um, (laughs) because there is going to be a spinoff series of Let's Talk. And I have never seen a series like it. It's called Happy Thoughts. It is also in production. I do not know when it's going to come out. It's actually with a traditional publisher. So, you know, I'm just waiting on Illustrator, um, but I have been putting updates out about that. So it's Mm -hmm. about, it's getting there. It's working on it. Um, But I've never seen 
there's books where the narrator is um, autistic, but it's not focusing on them telling a story. It's more about like, oh, you know, they say this, this, and this, and it's their superpower or something like that. This book is about friendship. This book is Emma talking and Emma doesn't talk verbally. Okay. Extremely different because she's not verbal. There's nothing else like that out there. And the Mm -hmm. way I'm going to have her talk is through her index cards that she uses in the books and her writing on notepads. So it's not going to be the typical kind of speech and the typical kind of um, type Mm -hmm. in the book with the writing. So it's going to be extremely different. Um, And that was a very last minute thing that I decided to write. There's going to be four books in that series and book ones with, with a traditional publisher. Um, so that is something that I never expected to write. And I am very, very fortunate and feel very, very lucky that I did write it. And I am ridiculously excited about it. You should be, <laughs> right? What have you learned about yourself Thank from you. writing <laughs> from writing this book or the entire series? We can cover the entire series. What have you learned about yourself? I have learned, first off, I have a lot more to learn when it comes about autism and mm-hmm. individuals' autism. And I've learned that, you know, I'm a lot stronger and braver than I thought I was. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so many, because um, it's, you know, it, it's extremely nerve wracking to put a book out there. And I wasn't that nervous to do it. I was more ridiculously excited. And I've been more, I've been excited for every single one. I haven't been nervous at all for any of them past the first book. And it's, I've learned that I can go out there and do a lot more and take advantage of opportunities because I can be someone, I am strong. I'm, I'm a leader, but I can be very, very shy when it comes to networking and talking Mm -hmm. to people. And, you know, I've been working on trying to go after my opportunities when it comes to career, uh, when it comes to this part of my career, you know, I'm very good about that with when it comes like teaching and ABA and all that, but this kind of started off really slow and has really snowballed into something bigger. And I learned that I can make that happen and I can make this into something that's really huge. Um, so, you know, I learned that I really can do this. I can be an amazing and award-winning author and I can make a difference. Sure. You can. Um, so yeah, I've been very, very proud of myself and I feel so blessed to be able to do this in all honesty. What is the major takeaway from Let's Talk? either the entire series or just book three or the major takeaway from the whole series is that being different is okay who cares if you have autism who cares if you can't talk um you know not talking verbally doesn't mean you can't talk period Mm -hmm. um one of the biggest things i want families to know because they get so scared oh my child's not talking in their three wait there's other ways you can talk there's other ways to communicate you don't need to talk verbally Um, They think it's like the end of the world and they think Mm -hmm. it's the end of the world to get an autism diagnosis. So, you know, I want them to take away from this, how incredible and beautiful having the diagnosis is, how incredible these children, these adults are. That is my biggest, biggest thing from every book. And then I hope in every book they connect with um, the social issue and I hope they realize they can take their child to the zoo. They can take them to the pool. They can get them bullying lessons you know, so I hope they connect with the overall message of, you know, autism is beautiful, but also connect with those smaller messages too. Great. 
what do you feel sets you apart from other authors in this specific genre, in this category, what you're writing about, about autism? My experience. Um, so when I worked with adults, I literally took them everywhere. I rode roller coasters with them, water slides, Perilla Factory, and I'm just not afraid to write about it and put it out there. So I think that really sets me apart. My, um, I don't have any fear about that and my experience, because this is all from my experience. She uses a picture exchange communication system. Many, many people do not know what that is. And using the index cards, using the fact that she can write incredible amount of people don't know you can communicate that way. Don't know that individuals with autism can read and write. And my little one that inspired Emma could read and write. So that's where I got that from, you know? So I think it sets me apart because I have this experience and many people, and even when I put out, let's talk a story of autism and friendship, many people all heard the title and were like, don't put autism in it. It's never going to sell. Well, guess what? I'm not afraid. And it has been selling. It has been, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. I believe that. So many people limit themselves and write books just for fun or because Uh they want to make money as an author. And I'm writing books to make a difference. It's great to make money. And, but it took me a long time to get to that place where I'm like, okay, I'm making money because I realized that means it's selling. If it's selling, the mm-hmm. message is getting out there and I'm making a difference. Mm-hmm. You know? So it took me a long time to kind of put those together. Cause all I really wanted was to make a difference. I don't care about the money, but, um, I think really my fact that I'm strong like that, I don't have the fear and I've got the experience. It sets me apart. It gives a new look to autism and my books are about friendship. There's no books like that out there when it comes to autism. They're all about single characters and mostly about boys. These are two little girls. Really? About boys? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Many people don't. But when I apply to traditional publishers, they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, what's a book that's um, similar to yours? And I'm like, there isn't anything because it's all about boys. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea. Yeah, like it's just, it's so strange. So, you know, I think there's a lot that sets my books apart and thankfully people are connecting with it because yeah, there needs to be more diversity. Oh, and that's the other thing that sets them apart. I have a lot of diversity in my books. My characters are not, there's an African-American and there's an Eastern Indian. I have Mm -hmm. diversity in every single book. I introduce an Asian character and a Puerto Rican character in my second book. I will be introducing a Muslim character in my fifth book. And um, I introduced the dads where typically it's the moms that are always in these books. So that's the other thing. I think my books are very different because I purposely make them diverse. We need more representation just beyond autism. We need more diversity. And you don't see that in the autism books either. They're all white. They're all white. They're <laughs> all know? white and boys? Yes. Yes. Oh, I had <laughs> no idea. Thanks for enlightening yeah. us. There's a small oh. amount of African-American characters, and they're starting to get more and more out more. there. But there it, 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 there's no diversity. You don't see Asian. You don't see Puerto Rican. You know, you, you don't see Indian. So in my experience, I've worked with all those different cultures, oh. all those different ethnicities. You know, so it was very important to me too to have that in my book as well. So there, there's a lot that makes a difference. <laughs> that is very cool. I like that. Thank so you. is autism pretty much the same across the board? Mm, autism. No. 
we call it a spectrum here in the U S and then in Europe, they call it an actual circle. They talk about it in a circle way. So autism is as individual by the person as neurotypical people are, you know, they always say mm-hmm. don't pair siblings just because they have the same blood doesn't mean they're the same okay. person. And it's the same thing with autism. It's going to look very, very different for every um. individual. For every individual mm-hmm. and in diversity as well, right? Totally yeah. different. Completely. Absolutely. There's so many different variations. You know, there's signs, but there's, you know, individuals that are higher functioning and there's individuals that are lower functioning. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what that means is it depends on what skills cognitively and socially they mm-hmm. are able to have. Yeah. You know, so it, it really varies. It really depends varies. on the individual. Yeah. Yes. Would you do it all over again? 100% in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. So I like <laughs> to hear that. What is the most interesting, unique, or bizarre thing that has ever happened to you during an in-person author's event? <laughs> something that will stick with you forever. Oh my gosh, I got something. So my character's names are Harper and Emma. And a little girl asked me, did you name the character Harper after me? (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was really cute. And I think like my actual, like the real reason I did it. And then I realized after, like, I should have just said, um, you know, I, if you connect with her that way, that's great. I felt kind of bad after, you know, but um, yeah, that's, that's definitely something that's going to stick with me. Yeah, that's cute. What's next for Lisa in 2023? We kind of touched on it. You have that new series coming out, right? I do. I have so much. So I have four books coming out this year. I have Mm -hmm. this book in a brand new series, Rascal Cat Brothers Part 1, coming out in April, which is appropriate because it's Autism Awareness Month. Um, And the company that is doing that book um, and two other books this year, they are an incredible company called Brainstorm Productions. Mm-hmm. And they employ, they train and then employ individuals with autism and animation. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that book is going to be so, that book is, it's going to be so different and so special. Each illustration is going to be a different style. I've gotten a lot of the illustrations back. They're almost finalized and they're so good. I'm so excited. Um, so it's going to be different, you know, it's not gonna be one style. Um, so I'm very excited about that. I have some other special stuff I'm going to talk about when it gets closer to April coming up. Um, some things I'm doing with some other authors for, um, autism awareness month. Uh, after that, I have a special needs cat book called perfect P U R R as I am coming out in July. Um, it's gonna be an adorable story about special needs cats. Then they are also doing spooky, ooky Halloween dance party, which is really fun. I, that's my favorite holiday. I've yeah, I, yeah books, I like so. it too. I'm so excited for this book. So that's coming <laughs> out in time for Halloween, end of September, mm-hmm. first week of October. Um, and then let's talk for celebrating the holidays. That'll come out in November. Yeah. And it's going to be about three different holidays showcasing more than Christmas. So I'm very, very Good. excited about everything. Yeah, lots going on. Yes. Would you like to read to us, Lisa? Absolutely. Would you like me to read a part of it or the whole book? Uh, depends how long it is. We have uh, like three to five minutes. Perfect. Have, I'll read about yep. half of it. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. Hi. My name Let is me take Piper. 
Hi, my name is Harper, and I have been going on so many adventures with my best friend, Emma. One of my favorite adventures so far has been when we went to the zoo with our daddies. We not only got to see so many animals, but we made a new friend. Our new friend's name is Jerry, and at first, he did not understand Emma on account she has autism. That is just a fancy way of saying she learns differently from us, and sometimes she may act silly by flapping her hands. But Jerry was so nice to us and opened Emma's way of showing how excited she was. He even began to act silly and flap his hands with our daddies and us. We all had the best time. Our next adventure was learning how to bowl. Jerry already knew how to bowl, and he was in what, what he called a bowling league. Of course, Emma and I wanted to try it out too, so we signed up with Jerry. Jerry told us there were people called coaches who could help teach us how to bowl. We were so excited about this new adventure. It's finally the day to go to the bowling alley for our first lesson. When we got there, our mommies told us we needed to put on our mask before we could go inside. We must wear a mask over our nose and mouth to not get sick from that nasty virus. Inside, we put on new shoes that were kind of funny looking and made us giggle. Then Emma took her mask off and I frowned because I was surprised she did not want to keep it on. Her mommy helped her to put it on and showed her the card that said, mask on. When Emma had her mask back on, we went to find Jerry. He already had his shoes on and was waiting for us in the bowling lane. Hi guys, Jerry said and waved. Then he pointed and said, we have special bowling balls already set for us. The coaches say they are six pounds. Wow, those are for us, I asked, walking over to the bowling balls. I put my hand in, but it was kind of hard to fit. Then another kid, I think he was a teenager because he looked older than us, but not old like our mommies and Jerry's dad. He came over and said he was a bowling coach. His name is Phil. He said we could call him Coach Phil. He said he seemed nice and said he could help me with putting my hand in the ball. That ball was not light. I went to throw it down the lane and Coach Phil came over to help me. He helped me put my hand in the ball and showed me how to throw it down the lane. My ball went right into the gutter. I laughed anyway and Coach Phil said that was okay as it was my first try. Next, it was Emma's turn. She smiled at Phil and flapped her hands. Before she picked the ball up, Emma took her mask off. Coach Phil said, Emma, we have to keep our masks on. Please put yours back on. Emma ignored Coach Phil and tried putting her hand in the ball herself and picking it up. Coach Phil tried to help Emma, but she ignored him. She took the ball from Phil and went to throw it down the lane. Coach Phil laughed and helped Emma put her mask on when she walked back over. Gotta buy the book to find nice. out how, what else yes. happened. <laughs> find out the rest of the story. Yeah. All right. Can you announce the details of your book giveaway? Uh oh, my book giveaway. Okay, so if you buy the first person. Yeah, the first yeah. person to um email me and show me a screenshot of the book is going to win a free signed copy and some swag. 
just email you and your email address. They don't have to send a screenshot. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they just yeah. Me. so the first person to email me on my email address, mm -hmm. yeah, they will win a free signed copy of the book. No problem. And what is your email address? Give us your email. Lisa L I S A at Lisa J J A Y dot net. One more time. Lisa at Lisa J J A Y dot net. Excellent. All right, parting shots. You first, Lisa. What do you want to leave our listeners with? I want to leave our listeners with, you know, just uh, positive autism. That's it. I'm not a huge fan of saying awareness. I feel like we should know anyways. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I just found out today that light it up gold is a slogan for the autism community. And they love that. And they love um, the color gold as their color. So you know what, why don't we light it up gold? Uh, all wear gold for autism, positivity, and mm -hmm. just make everybody shine. Let's oh, yeah. show that, you know, we're not all different. We're all the same and we just right. learn differently, you know, sure. check out my books to learn even more and come follow me on my journey through my social media and let's have some fun. Yeah. All right. And my parting shots, read indie, buy indie and write indie. Support your local authors, newspapers and small presses. Keep your fingers on the keyboard and your butt in the chair. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.